Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. I'm Peter, that is Matt. We talk about movies here on this show. And on this episode, we are going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, the 15th Marvel movie. Well, as in the MCU, the 15th MCU right. movie. That's how so, many we've got. When Spider-Man comes out, is that going to count as 16? Or is I'd, that on its own because it's co-produced Sony? I'd say it does because it's in the universe. Okay. I think that's what's important here, more than who's yeah. making it, I would argue. But yeah. I, I had to take umbrage with a guy because I got that trailer when I saw Guardians. And uh, someone, the guy next to me goes, oh, finally, it looks like a good Spider-Man movie. I was like, we've had good ones before, bud. Like, hmm? are you forgetting? But but yeah, it looks. Then uh, we got Thor later. <laughs> like this is just the appetizer, at least for me. Uh, yeah, I. Well, I don't know. I, I probably was looking forward to this. Well, I was before the Thor trailer. I was looking forward to this one most. After the Thor trailer, that has a lot of potential. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. So uh, we'll start spoiler free as we always do. It'll probably be a smaller spoiler free section in this one because I I just I feel like most people don't really need to come and check if they're going to go see this movie. They've kind of yeah. made, they've already they already know they've made their choice. Uh, but we'll do a quick five minute spoiler free just to give you sort of general thoughts before we get dig into the plot. Uh, so Matt, did you enjoy Guardians of oh, the Galaxy Volume Two? Yeah, I mean that goes without saying anymore. The Marvel movie, I tend to enjoy them all to varying degrees, and this is in the upper middle of enjoyment, I think. Um, I did see it kind of late, so I was drowsy, but that's not the movie's fault. That That's me being up since 5 a.m., and uh, but it still held my attention. You know, it's one of those fighting, don't close your eyes, stupid mm. type deals. But, yeah, um, the additions to the cast, I think, as if the first one didn't have a good enough cast, this double downs. And you have like Karen Gillan actually being able to do stuff and not just be menacing. Joe, that's a very classic sequel thing to do, actually. Is you take mm-hmm. someone who was a minor character in the first one and you flesh them out a bit more and give them what to do. And it feels like the world's expanding. And yep. it kind of did that with her. Uh, I liked it as well, although I, I think I have a few more reservations than you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly, and it's mainly plot stuff. Like, I, I, I like the movie a lot for the characters and for their banter mm-hmm. back and forth, for the jokes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, all that stuff was great. It was as good as it was in the first one. Uh, so it's still a really enjoyable time. I do have a bit of problem with the, the sort of plot and the structure of the movie, though, because yeah. basically the team splits up at one point and half the team land on a planet and then it just feels that we're on that planet for most of the movie and it, there's no urgency. Like, there wasn't... Because the first movie always felt like it was it moving forward yeah it yeah. was always like going in a direction whereas this one it does feel like at least half of the plot and the the good middle chunk of the movie feels like it just kind of sits around waiting for the the thing to happen yeah and i will say too that james gunn is kind of broken from the marvel formula uh here with the villain it's a really iconic villain but we'll get to that in the spoiler section um and with that format which I had my problems with it too, but I kind of understand why he did it because even the first Guardians movie stands out compared to the other. Was that Phase Two? Is that Phase yes. Two? I can't even remember yeah, anymore. We're, we're fifteen in, as Pete said. So you know, uh, but yeah. So I mean, I think it'll stand out on its own. It won't get lost in this shuffle of you know three movies a year. 
But I think that's more to do with James Gunn than anything else because he has a not a style but an energy to his filmmaking that that's very apparent even even in a plot that I had issues with. Yeah, I, I think his humor is obviously very much there. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the characters do get their own arc, which is actually quite impressive. Mm-hmm. So, some more so than others. Like I think Drax is like the least of an arc in terms of like. Well, I suppose actually he's maybe Groot. Different. Actually, Groot's maybe more even less so, but Groot's Groot. But they've changed in between movies, which is good. Oh, sure, know? yeah. And uh, it, it, I'm just saying he's got less... Because his arc is more of a comedy yeah. relief kind of yeah. thing. Whereas... It's weird to say that Dave Bautista is the comic relief in a movie that has Chris Pratt and Bradley Cooper. In, this is you know true. what I mean? This is true. It's just... But that but, dude, for, for being a meathead, is funny. But Star-Lord, like, Star-Lord Rocket, uh, Gamora, Nebula, Yondu... They all have arcs. They all have arcs. So as much as I have problems with the, the pacing and the, the plot, I, I can't deny that it works really well for the characters yeah. almost entirely across the board. So a bit of a negative opinion on some of it, but for the most part, it was still really fun. So, uh, And that's it for spoiler-free. We're going to go into spoilers. I'm not, I'm, not waste, I'm not wasting any more time. <laughs> Let's go straight into it. Uh, so we start off the, the opening title sequence, which again is kind of... A regular from the rest of the Marvel universe because yeah. they all don't have this. But the first Guardians had the opening titles at the start yeah. uh, with you know Chris Pratt dancing in the planet and did that again here. Except this time they're fighting a giant squid alien monster thing yeah. whilst Groot is dancing to music. And also had a nice little callback in the middle of it to the uh, the, the post credit scene from the first movie where yeah. uh, you know. It's called grooting now. They call it doing the groot yeah. when you pause when uh, someone's looking at you and Drax looks yeah. at him again. Uh, so right away, you, you feel very familiar with the whole thing, and it feels very big and comic because they've all got jetpacks on and they're like yeah. rocketing. Except Star-Lord. for Drax, yeah, because his nipples are sensitive. <laughs> sensitive. Yeah, it hurts yeah. his nipples. But they're, they're all <laughs> flying around and shooting. All this chaos is going on, but we're staying with Baby Groot as as the music's playing mm-hmm. and all the Jet rest. Jet Light is an effective wonder. Uh, Following him, because you gotta realize it's mostly CG. Like it's not Chris well, Pratt in the first one. Oh sure, yeah. Well, that was. You I know? mean, Chris Pratt was edited in the first one anyway. Yeah. Oh, I know, but I'm still saying like, you know, it feels not that it feels like a cutscene, but there's a different feel to it. But I appreciated the callback to the oh, first uh, one. Oh yeah, I think if you compare the the openings, that the first one it was like him in a dark cave, and he was dancing, sure, but everything yeah. was dark and gringy yeah. and wet. Whereas here, everything is so goddamn colourful. There's just colour yeah. all over the place in this opening. Uh, yeah. Throughout most of the movie as well, to be honest, but certainly in the opening. Uh, so obviously we, had, we started this scene on Earth, kind of like we did in the first one as well, with uh, young young Kurt Russell. Oh uh, man, Mama how Star-Lord. great has the de-aging gotten? Because that looked like Carpenter era Kurt Russell. It's funny though, because we're doing it with these actors now where we know what they look like at that age, because we've seen them. Yeah. We watched them at that age. I mean, maybe not at yep. the time because I was wasn't born, but no, I grew no. up watching those yeah. movies. Yeah, uh, we're talking Jack Burton looking. <laughs> which, as a as a Kurt Russell fan that I am, that was I couldn't believe it. You know, mm. uh, because you you go look at Jeff Bridges and Tron, which is how many years ago now, eight nine, and. He looks all plasticky. Here it looks like they got a time machine. Yeah. It, that, it's that, fantastic. That and The Last Stand, those are the two really bad examples of uh, yeah. of the de-aging. Whereas when we got to Michael Douglas, 
mm-hmm. and Ant-Man, it was like, whoa, what's going on here? This is voodoo magic bullshit, this. I, yeah. I don't know what you even call this. It's is scary. Uh, so there's a little bit of backstory set up there. They basically, yeah, uh, Kurt Russell, uh, who plays Eagle, shows up, and he's like, hey, Star-Lord, I'm your dad. And the team split up after they've... They've been on the run because Rocket stole some uh, batteries from these... Uh, yeah. The, the Sovereign... So, so in the beginning, they were hired to do a job to protect these batteries, and of course, Rocket has to steal the batteries because he's Rocket and he's a raccoon. That's what they do, and it gets the. It's called the Sovereign, and uh, they thought, send their people. That's just part of why I was kind of disappointed that we spent so much time in the one planet because this Sovereign yeah. place, where it was like all these planets in a row, looked really goddamn yeah. cool. I wanted more locations like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely more sci-fi than than one location, you know. Yeah, it's some very but so yeah, and then Ego makes a save and he introduces himself in a big grand fashion, and it's Kurt Russell having fun, which I haven't seen in a good while. He has to play a lighter character because he's always been doing these big heavy yeah kind of uh, roles. Honestly, the, the sad part about Kurt Russell's character though is that he's kind of the the core of the problem of the plot. <laughs> yeah, uh, so his character's kind of a letdown. In a, in a weird roundabout way. Uh, I mean, he's great. He's fine. He's he's doing what he does. But yeah, the, like his whole plot where he, he takes he takes Star Lord, Gamora, and Drax along with his helper person. Uh, what's the, what's her name? Mantis. Mantis. Thank you. Uh, back back to his planet of ego, which he reveals as himself. He's a celestial mm-hmm. being, and he built this planet. Which, which, which I'm st- glad they did because when I had heard that they were bringing his dad in and it was going to be ego. Mm. I'm familiar enough with Marvel Comics that there's a character named Ego the Living Planet. And I was like, well, that's weird. And then with the mm-hmm. way that they explained it, I really liked it that they made him a Celestial. And it brings it back to the first one where Nowhere... Was the head like, of a Celestial, yeah. Was the head of a Celestial, so it ties it back to there. And that's pretty cool. Joe, you know I'll say about this, though? This feels super Star Trek. See, see when they ex- yeah. started explaining this about how he's a Celestial and he built this planet? Mm-hmm. All, we, we, me and Connor have been watching the old Star Trek episodes like once a week for the last few months... And this was feeling like one of those plots, like when he was explaining yeah. all this stuff. It was it was kind of insane, but yeah. But that's kind of the big problem I have with the movie is that once they get to ego, like this this half of the team. There's, I mean, obviously there's some fun stuff in there. In fact, one of one of my favorite jokes of the entire movie, one of my favorite lines, is Gamora yelling to uh, Star Lord that she doesn't know what Cheers is. That that cracked yeah. me up. But for the most part, once they're on the planet, they're kind of just wandering around and Ego's showing things off and it feels very laid back. And yeah, he's no... put on a show, yeah. you know, like... I was waiting for the other shoe to drop because everything was just going so perfect. And... And that, 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 was the, that was the thing, though. Like, it got to a point yeah. where I'm like, wait a minute, we don't know where we're in and they've not introduced yeah. anyone who could be the main villain. Well, I, gee, I wonder who it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. And, and to say... I have a problem with people saying stuff's predictable, like it's a bad thing. Sometimes I don't think predictable is bad. I think it's just a well-told story. And I think here Gunn had foreshadowed enough that if you're familiar with these kind of movies, you're going to pick up on it. Uh, that said, though, I, I, I will stick up for naysayers on this one a little bit because I don't think this was that interesting a villain, uh, ultimately. Oh, no, no. I'm not I'm not defending it on that point. I'm just yeah. thinking, like, I had pieced it together. When, when the villain turn came... When Ego reveals his plan, it's just kind of like, well, yeah, no, duh, no one else 
Yeah. Like they've taken out but, the Ravagers. But I think that, Stallone I, was showing up. But I think that's know? part of the problem with the, the the whole relaxed plot thing though, is that we don't really have a main villain until he does his turn. So while you've figured it out and you know it's gonna be him, yeah. the, the characters aren't aware of it yet, so there's no this sense of danger. Obviously the Ravagers are doing stuff with Rocket and Yon doing all that. Yeah. That's a separate plot and that, that stuff's fun. De- definitely in the middle of the movie, I was enjoying that stuff way more. Yeah. Uh but like because he hasn't revealed his plan till later on, uh, the actual final fight on Ego's are pretty fun. Yeah. But it, it, again, it was kind of disappointing that we basically we never really even get to leave the planet. We're, we're still kind of in the orbit of where Ego was at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And that's where we end. We didn't really get to go anywhere, uh, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, I, I don't want to. That, that's kind of the extent of my negativity, though. I don't want to like be doubt too down on it because I actually yeah. did have a lot of fun. Otherwise, it, it's just. Definitely, I would say the first one's better because the plot was definitely more focused and did definitely had a more of a an urgency and a sort of the momentum going throughout. Mm-hmm. Whereas this yeah. one half of it didn't, uh, which is a shame. But yeah, and it and it feels even more disconnected than the first one did from the Marvel Cinematic. You know, and I get that they're going off into space, but that had the stone and. In- Involved and whatnot, and this this felt pretty disconnected. From yeah, the there was a couple of little lines that connected it to back to Thanos. Obviously, uh, Nebula wants to kill him, which obviously yeah. makes her more of an anti-hero. So we'll see how that plays into yeah. it. And moving yeah, on with and I liked her arc too with Gamora, and I feel out of anybody, Gamora kind of gets the short end in this one because I mean I feel like Zoe Saldana didn't do much in the movie. Like she's got some <laughs> cool sword stuff, but. I don't you know. know. She I, has to play the straight woman. Yeah, she's more she, so than the first one. Yeah, she's she's the straight man essentially in this one. I, I think she gets a reasonable amount. I, I think because she, I think she has more of a an arc than say Drax does. So I think she gets a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and they've already said the third one's going to be more focused on her, which probably makes sense because if it's set after Infinity yes. War, they've already dealt with Thanos. The, the fallout of that might lead to what the plot's going to be. So it might mm-hmm. her and Nebula might be big parts of uh, the the third movie. But I yeah. I, I, th- I thought they worked well uh, their plot it was actually kind of funny how much Nebula wanted to kill her and kept trying to kill her well and that was it she shows up on Ego with this you know spaceship and just starts running at Gamora and it was a really cool chase scene into the cave and Nebula just keeps coming it it was also a welcome dose of action because this planet so far had been just asleep yeah (laughs) it was like a it was like a, a Rex a Rex a rest and relaxation spa. Yeah, don't get, don't get me wrong. Every single scene with Mantis and Drax was making me yeah. laugh. They they were fantastic. Oh, but... She is beautiful on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought you were just getting creepy. There's like she's beautiful. No, 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 no. just yeah, Drax. I, I think he's the most quotable in this movie. Yes, just actually, if I have one or kind of criticism, right, mm-hmm. and it doesn't actually bother me, but it's an observation more than more than a criticism, I guess. But I feel like so many of the jokes in this one relied on like callbacks to jokes in the first one, or they, they felt like a a repeat of a similar thing. Like my favorite joke in the first one was, uh, uh, "Nothing could go over my head. I'm too fast. My reflexes. I would catch it." Like yeah, that was. And there was even a joke that felt like the sequel to that joke in this one. It yeah. was uh, something along the lines of, uh, "I am extraordinarily humble." Like he, he's bla- yeah. bragging about how humble he is. Uh, and it was funny. I was like, "That's basically kind of the same idea in terms yeah. of the, the joke." Uh, and there was a, there was a lot of that throughout. Uh, the callback to Groot wanting the eye uh, was amazing. Yeah. Uh, not Groot, mm-hmm. sorry, Rocket. Rocket. Uh, but 
No, don't, so, no, don't give it back. It's going to be so funny when he wakes up and he can't find it. Like, honestly, that, honestly yeah. my favorite arc in the movie probably was Rocket. Rocket and Yondu. Yeah. I, I think they have the standout Yondu characters for me. Yondu for me was, yeah, that. So I like Michael Rooker a lot as an actor because he's like yeah. this great character guy and he's always good no matter what he's in. And he always and, plays an asshole. Always. And you got the sense in the first one that Yondu was an asshole, but he has a heart. Like, he really did take care of Peter, even though he, you know, constantly threatened to eat him, you know? It was kind of, it was a bit more ambiguous in the first one, but obviously in this one, yeah. they, they constantly hit hints that, oh, uh, it's more to it than that. He knew that Eagle was bad news, and that's why I didn't yep. take him there, because he wanted to protect him. And that, yeah. that that was kind of like, oh, that's kind of nice, and there's Matt's dog. Yeah, he's... And he was talking about Yondu, who he's a big fan of. So yeah. he had to come and, and check and, him out. And they tease obviously throughout, like, Drax is like, I thought Yondu was your father. And Rock's like, one yeah. of them's blue! And, <laughs> you know, like, funny stuff. But it, it, it builds at the heart of the movie. And I'll be honest, if you told me after the first one that in the second movie Yondu's going to be the heart, <laughs> I'd have been yeah. like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. And what's cool, they did the thing with the fin, too. It gave him more of the comic book look. Mm. You know, because he has this bigger fin to control the, the arrow and. I was like, oh, he's going to be a proper part of the team. And oh, no, wait, that's not where the story's going. Nah, it's, it's leading oh. to him. Yeah. It's, it's so that Peter can realize he was the father that he really always had. And it was yep. as dysfunctional and as weird as it might have been. Uh, and also, it turns out the whole eating you thing was just a joke, uh, yeah. which Peter didn't think was funny. <laughs> but no, well, enough. of course not. <laughs> you know. Uh, but, but yeah, but Rooker, Rooker in this just he brings it because like, well, they set up a thing for him at the start as well. Because Stallone comes sauntering into the scene, <laughs> yeah, who I forgot was in this until I saw his name in the opening credits. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, like who's he playing? <laughs> yeah, it turns out he's like the head of one of the big heads of the Ravager sort of folk, and they've basically like Yondu's been like ostracized. He's like the 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 black sheep section of the, the Ravagers because they. Because they dealt with kids, that was the reason. Like, there's a code of honor to the Ravagers, and he, right. he crossed a line. Uh, but obviously, I was like, okay, we're going to see Stallone again. W- once he redeems himself, we're going to see Stallone again at the end, and we get this Ravager funeral. Yeah, and that's that's a big part too uh, of the foreshadowing, where he goes, "When you die, you'll never see the Ravager colors fly for you." And it's yeah. just like, oh man, that's brutal. And you see it affect Yondu, and then so at the end, you know, Yondu sacrificed himself. For Peter, and he gets the funeral, which, oh man, I was trying not to wipe tears from my yeah. eyes. So, so between him and Rocket, because Rocket, of course, is like, he's an asshole to everyone. He keeps being an asshole. Yep. And it's like, no, maybe you actually care about these people. Maybe they're actually friends. And that's kind of his story throughout the movie. Yep. Uh, so, when he actually realizes this and he tries to, like, give a compliment or, like, try to be not an asshole, it's, yep. it's kind of heartwarming. You know, especially mm-hmm. when he says to Yondu, uh, you know, Groot just said, welcome to the Guardians of the Freaking Galaxy. Only he didn't say freaking. Yeah. Um, I love uh, too that they have to talk to Groot about his language. Yeah. I just... Like, uh, it, so Rocket, Rocket, I, I definitely, because Rocket and uh, Yondu, because they, they obviously get captured by the Ravagers. They have to mm-hmm. escape. They escape, like getting baby Groot to try and get stuff and he keeps bringing back the wrong thing, uh, including the eye from the first movie that he wanted. Yep. Uh, and all that. It was really fun. And it even gave uh, Sean Gunn's character a little nice moment where yeah. he redeemed himself and he was like, no, I'm sorry, Captain. I didn't mean to cause a mutiny. <laughs> they killed all my friends. Like, <laughs> Which I was, that was heartbreaking too, seeing the guys that were loyal to Yondu getting jettisoned into space. 
Yeah, I have like, dark moments. Yeah. Gun, Gun just leaves the camera on him and you see him suffocate and you're just like, man. Like, uh, don't even get me started on the running joke of Taserface. Oh, Taserface. That was that was good even with Sovereign. Sovereign finding it funny. Oh, yeah. Because like, uh, the Sovereign Queen's been like, so... Like, just, basically cold and like oh I want to kill yeah. those guardians for stealing my batteries like all movie and the, and then actually no I tell you what there was another moment that made me laugh with her mm-hmm. back at the start of the movie when she goes to Yondu to put the, the hit on the guardians yeah. and our like our servants are rolling out a red carpet and it gets stuck yep. do you know what I was thinking of during that scene what I was thinking of the scene in Parks and Recreation when they're on the ice and they've got the red carpet and they run out of red carpet so they right. have to walk in the ice that's all I yeah. could think of in my head when that scene was playing yeah. Mainly because it, they're in the snow yeah. and stuff, but it was it was really funny. So yeah. I, I didn't clue mm-hmm. what I've, what I've, uh, I've brought across here is the movie's exceptionally funny and the characters are all exceptionally well rounded. Yeah. They're really enjoyable to watch. That is as true as it, in this one as it was in the last one. If anything, more so because they're actually a functional team now who know each other, so that they're, they're, they're yeah. making all these jokes. The uh, dynamics are there more so than in yeah. the first one. Yeah, they, they feel oh. which is again why why the plot kind of was disappointing. I almost wanted to see them go on more adventures, like have more of yeah. a do things in different places. Uh, and the mm-hmm. fact that the team was split up for half the movie is a little bit disappointing. Yeah, but I'll agree there. Yeah. I'll agree there. And and so you know we did this you know back in November for Doctor Strange, and you know mm-hmm. we we had our opinions on it, and I, I stuck up for it because it was enjoyable. But when you compare it to something like Guardians. You're just like, yeah, these are vastly different movies, you know. Which I like Doctor Strange, but I haven't thought about Doctor Strange since, you know. Oh, and, I've, I've definitely and, not thought about Doctor Strange. Since. Yeah, and in fact, I forgot about it because every time a new Marvel movie comes out, we in the group rank them, and I forgot to put Doctor Strange on my list, and I really kind of liked Doctor Strange at the time, you know. But it just shows how much a director can make an impact on the film. Because this is James Gunn's movie as much as it's a Marvel Studios movie versus something like Doctor Strange, which is the Marvel Studios movie first and foremost. So it's just – it's good that we're – I mean we're 15 in. We make a joke, but we're good that we can get to that point that each one can stand on its own and do what it needs to. Yeah, definitely the ones where I, I, I'm familiar with the director's style are the ones that I typically look forward to more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – no, this is clearly an example of that. I, I uh, so uh, other other small points I like. I really like that when uh, Ego reveals that he put the tumor in Star Lord's mother, mother's head. Oh god, that was and, and Pratt sells that yeah so well. Joe, you know I loved about that because Pratt because Pratt's been learning about all the celestial and he wants him to like yep. be a celestial with him so they can. He's planted all these seeds in all these worlds so that he can basically turn every single planet into his planet. And he controls right. all of it, right? Uh, which, by the way, I thought that was a really missed opportunity because uh, it cut to Earth a few times. I thought, have an Avenger standing there being like, let's try and stop this, just as a cutaway yeah. gag. Like, I thought, yeah. just do that, Maybe. but whatever. Or, uh, or that would have been a cool thing to get a, a Brie Larson cameo in hmm. there, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I get why they wouldn't do that the one, because maybe they wanted to have her like have a, a big entrance rather than a little joke one. But well, oh, no, I, I get that. But if you have her as an Air Force, you know, uh, maybe. And, and but like, I'm, I'm just yeah, thinking, like, have, have Falcon or someone just like being yeah. at the, the scene of the, the edge, like moving and being like, no, yeah. that, we need to stop this. Uh, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, so he's all he's all like starry eyed. He's like in a celestial sort of trance. Mm-hmm at the time and any mentions that he put the tumor on his mother's head and he wakes up 
And as Kurt Russell's turning around, he's like, uh, which this was really hard to do, by the way. And I know it sounds bad. And as he turns, uh, it's basically the, the hand shot first, except turned up to 11 because he just starts yep. emptying his clips into him. Uh, like immediately doesn't think about it it's just no I'm going to empty my entire guns into you you bastard for killing my mother yep. uh, also you, you really you, you really sour on him when you find out he's basically tried to impregnate like every type of species across the planet yeah 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 so he can <laughs> uh, yeah sorry universe not planet <laughs> that's universe, yeah. I but yeah because that's his plan is it that he needs he can't do it by himself he needs another celestial or someone with a celestial DNA and so far, no one's been able to do it. That That's the big reveal from Gamora and Nebula. It's like he's been trying this, and there's mounds of skeletons. And uh, so, so it might end up bad for Peter, but Peter's able to snap out of it. And Yeah. It, it leads, obviously, to when he... Because they set up... They get a nice little get-out-of-jail-free uh, clause here. Because I was thinking, wait, this is kind of weird. Can he just have these powers now? But they set yeah. up... The, no, if, if, if the, the, the original Celestial he dies... Uh, he doesn't have powers anymore, and that was fine. And they, they yep. set up a bunch of jokes. There was a lot more references to eighty stuff in this one. I thought uh, we got a cameo yeah. from David David Hasselhoff <laughs> of all things, which goes with an in joke from Peter. Yeah, about yeah, because yeah. he, he, he so always told he always told people when he was a kid that his uh, his dad was David Hasselhoff and that he was just away shooting stuff, and that's why he wasn't around. Yeah. Uh, and it led to, of course, uh, Gamora having a, again a very similar kind of a line to the uh, we're Kevin Bacon. Uh, in the first yeah. one. In fact, Yondu also got one of those because uh, he said you look like Mary Poppins. He's like, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Which, by the way, people are going to be shouting that to him for the rest of his life. I know, that that was probably my favourite line of the movie. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I'm uh, Mary Poppins, y'all. Like, <laughs> Is he cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm so good. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. Do you know what? Actually, there's only one joke that I can think of that completely fell flat for me. Which was? It was the whole uh, the, the fruit thing being ripe. <laughs> well, I I, yeah. I think, I, like, it was okay when they mentioned it in the ship. I was like, okay, this is going to have a punchline. But then the punchline was just uh, Nebula taking a bite and going, it's not ripe. And I was like, was that it? That wasn't that funny. Yeah. <laughs> I almost would have wished that it never paid off. Like, mm. she keeps trying to get the fruit and stuff keeps coming from it. It was just, you it know? was, it was, because like, they set it up twice. It happened twice where both Gamora and both Drax said it wasn't ripe. So I knew it was leading to something. And it was just like, oh, she just eats it and says it's not ripe. Well, I think even one of the Ravagers says it too. Like, on the ship. Mm, maybe. Uh, yeah, so, so it's ongoing. Yeah. But, uh, which, yeah. by the way, uh, Rocket taking on like an army of Ravagers by himself and lasting quite a while until Nebula shows up oh. and causes trouble. Yeah, because well, he sets all his traps. He does all his tricky yeah. stuff and it's real cool yeah yeah now it was funny to see him do more stuff uh the, the winking running joke where he, he couldn't wink in the right eye so he, he kept, people kept seeing like, the person that he wasn't supposed to see doing the winking kept winking huh? like kept seeing yeah. it and they kept knowing he was up to something uh, yeah and that was pretty funny that was a good running joke uh but clearly i, I keep coming back to the character moments in the jokes and that's really and because of all those things that's what it's heavy on the movie's really solid because of that but the actual plot and the pacing are, are definitely a bit off uh, but yeah. it does have a heart and that's that's important yep uh right. but the plot does is a bit kind of whatever uh it, i i really like after watching the movie i, I kind of wish the whole thing wasn't about who his dad was i wish that was a subplot and the, the actual plot was something else but yeah, i agree that's fine. I agree there. It's just with, I'm a little disappointed there was no Thanos 
here, like to drive that forward a little bit. Do you know what? I'm not actually. I feel like yeah. I, I think Nebula wanting to kill him uh, is far more interesting because it's like a character thing for her. It, yeah. it propels her story forward. Uh, and because we have this sort of weird, like, uh, okay, they're kind of friends now at the end, Gamora and yeah. Nebula. Not, not like, not no, great there's, friends. No, there's an uneasy truce. Yeah, so, yeah, uneasy alliance kind of thing. Yeah. Which I think will be interesting going forward into either Infinity War or the next Guardians, wherever we see that mm. pop up next. Um, but I'm glad that Thanos didn't show up because I feel like he felt, that was the one, maybe one of the few problems I had with the first one, is he felt kind of shoehorned in. It kind of felt like, hey, look, MCU connection thing. Uh, yeah. Well, I just figured with with Gamora and, and I mean everyone's kind of not everyone, but a lot of the characters are centered around Thanos. And I kind of figured there'd be a little bit more to the plot with him, and even the Nova Corps and and that type of stuff. Actually, I will say that I thought that was weird because at one point when uh, we see like, Earth like having this blue thing like, expand, mm-hmm. uh, and we we cut to Xandu uh, and mm-hmm. I thought it was really then, weird that we didn't cut into the Nova headquarters and see their reaction yeah. to what was going on. And I get it. You don't want to pay Glenn Close and uh, John C. Riley, But right. I'm like, it, it felt really weird we didn't get a sh- just one one shot of that with them going, oh, crap, what's happening? Yeah. So, right. a bit weird. Uh, but hey. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it was a lot of fun. Let's talk about some of the, the, the little Easter eggs and whatnot. There was mm-hmm. five post-credit scenes. God damn yeah, it. Five. Which honestly, I was I was uh, mocking that before I seen the movie. I was like, "Oh, this is overkill." Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest, having like these scenes spread throughout the credits made the credits go in really quick because it was every yeah. couple of minutes we got a new scene. Uh, and on top of that, as the credits were going up, there was those little like bits that were happening where like you know Gamora yeah. was dancing because that was part of the, the plot as well. Is that for her, she was like, "No, I'm not a dancer," and any sort of convinced her to dance at one point yeah. and. We see it then. So there was those little things happen. Did you also notice that some of the credits at the end said "I am Groot"? Said Groot. Yeah, yep. and then the change like halfway up. That was, I thought that was yep. quite funny. Uh, so obviously everyone's talking about the Stan Lee thing and how it connects all of his, his cameo characters together. Yeah, so he he's a Watcher, which we see him with the Watchers. Who, for those unfamiliar, there's a character in the comics who's this big bald guy with massive eyes, and he'll show up kind of as a harbinger when something major is going to happen in uh, the Marvel Universe. Maybe and he can't get involved. He can only watch. Maybe it's uh, uh, my DC bias here, but like I looked at them and thought, these look like knockoff Guardians from Green Lantern. That's what they feel like to me. A little, a little, except the Guardians are way more hands-on. Oh, I mean, sure. They and, they're, and they're also blue and little. Yeah. Maybe these guys were tall. So, <laughs> but this is just the bald but, heads, the cloaks. You know, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen some similarities. Yeah. So, so we see Stan Lee and he's, he's recounting some of the yeah. events. He, he references he references these other cameos. He references a couple of yep. them. And then again, at the end, he references again in the, the final post credit scene. Uh, and that's cool. Uh, there was also, did you notice the cameo in the credits from uh, Jeff Goldblum? Oh, I did not. No, it was, it was when it was going yeah. up in the world. The, you know, they were in the shapes. And I was the one where yeah. some of them were dancing. Uh, there was one of Jeff Goldblum dancing. This is his character from Thor. Oh, just a, the Grandmaster. Yeah, just Interesting. A fun, fun little thing. Obviously, doesn't mean, obviously, these dancing bits are not canon, as as they would say. No. <laughs> so it's just a fun little... Yeah, yeah, but it's cool that, I mean, that means they got a hold of Jeff Goldblum, which makes me wonder, you know, if mm. there's something cut. Uh, maybe. Or maybe it was yeah. just a... Just, while they were shooting for, oh, can we film a quick thing we have on a green screen just to yeah. put in the credits? Mm-hmm. Uh, Craglin, Sean Gunn's character. So one of the post credit scenes is him learning to use the arrow with the whistling and yep. the and these uh, these horn. What was, was it? What did they call it? The fin. The fin. Yeah. It's a fin. Uh, so he <laughs> he's, he's trying to learn that and he stabs uh, 
established Drax, Drax by accident. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, he'll, he'll be happy about that. So that was one. The other one was the Sovereign Queen uh, has this weird Iron Maiden chamber and she's building a weapon or a person to go and kill mm-hmm. the Guardians because she's still pissed at them, as, as you would be. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, she decides to call it Adam. Uh, does that mean and, something to uh, uh, Marvel fans? So Adam Warlock is is gold, and the right. Sovereign okay, okay. are gold. And the Sovereign's big deal was they are genetically perfected. Like each of them, mm. they're not clones, but they're not not clones. Like yeah. they select. It's like Krypton on steroids. Yeah, like they genetically select. To make the perfect they, they also feel very racist about everyone else. Like they look oh, down yeah. at everyone. Like uh, yeah, yeah, I was getting it's that. Superiority complex. Yeah. Uh, so so that was that was another one. Right, so we've mentioned three of them so far. Uh, it's hard mm-hmm. to keep track of them all. It's usually really easy to remember the post credits because they're separate. But when there's five of them, it's kind of tough. Yeah, uh, and, and there's only two. Usually yeah. at the most. Yeah. Uh, Sylvester Stallone made another one with the Ravagers where he's oh. like, "Let's go steal shit." And then the, the honor of uh, Yondu. Fine. Mm. And then what was, what was the last one? That's four of them. What was the fifth one? Yeah, oh, it was, uh, it was Groot. Uh, it was Teenage Groot. Teen Groot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Teenage Groot is in his bedroom and Pratt comes in and tries to be a dad. And he's like, oh, I am Groot. I am Groot. Like he's he's, yeah, he's got the teenage voices. attitude going and he's sitting there playing on his iPad looking thing and not listening. All right. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I guess the Sovereign one was a proper tease for a future thing. Yeah. Because uh, one of my one of my small criticisms when I came out was like none of them felt like they teased like a, a future. They, they all felt like fun little ones rather than propelling. Yep, future and that was movies. my thing. I I expected a Thor one because that's the the next. I mean, I I couldn't see how they could wedge Spider Man into Guardians, but Thor is an easy easy one because they've been doing that. I mean, Do you know, I didn't, and I think it was because we had already got the tease in Doctor Strange, so I didn't feel yeah. like we were going to do it twice in a row for the same movie. See, I figured we'd have seen the Grandmaster. No, we did. Or, yeah, in the little. I figured a scene with him, like someone okay, okay, talking see. with him. Kind, uh, kind of like uh, how we saw the Collector in the, the yeah, End of Thor Two for of, Guardians. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I, I get you. I get you. Uh, okay, that's cool. Uh, so no, that, that uh, Guardians Two was really good. It, it, it just wasn't great. It was. It was. Yeah. The character stuff was fantastic. The plot was meh no urgency and because of that it felt to me it felt like it dragged a little bit in the middle because it felt like we were just waiting around for the mm-hmm. thing to start happening uh, at least on yep. ego the stuff with uh, rocket and yondu was great uh some of those shots as uh yondu finally gets his uh, his arrow back and he's like mm-hmm. zooming it around all the hallways and it's like going slow motion and you know going oh, through cool. all of them because uh, obviously one of the standout little moments from the first one that i loved a lot was when he used his arrow at the end with like the all the soldiers around him and like they all the dropped dead yeah but that this was like going through all these different places, and then you know, top that with a uh, baby Groot going nuts and trying to hurt the guy who had uh, like was making fun of him, and then on top of that, you've got the that great shot of Rocket like shooting someone through the wall and then smelling like through the yeah. wall because he's 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 pleased with himself. Uh, but no, all, all all their stuff was great. Like I loved all their stuff. It was just the stuff on Ego was a bit of a. It was just like, eh. yeah, slows it down. Yeah. So. Still, still, again, I put it in the upper middle of... So, um, so do I, honestly. Like, as much as I'm, I'm yeah. being critical, I, I'm making it clear what, what doesn't work about the movie and what I think makes it not as solid as the first one. Uh, but ultimately, no, it's still a good movie. Like, still, If you like the first one, you're going to have a fun time with this. I, I have no doubts yep. of that. Uh, and I think that's why the reviews, while all still very positive and still have a high RT score, 
I think you can if you look at all the reviews, they all pretty much say, "Oh, it's good, but it's not as amazing as the first one for X, Y, and Z yeah. reasons." And I think that that's fine. That's fair. Uh, so, ratings. What would you give this out of ten? I give it about a seven. Oh. That, that's that's my that's my mid. Yeah, no, I I actually was going to go slightly higher and say seven point five. I did not expect me yeah. to be higher than you, given uh, that I was the one bringing up. See, all the see what I do is is I just mind to yours usually. So if you go first, yeah, okay, like yeah, yeah. So so it threw me. So I, I figured you're gonna seven it. Yeah, I yeah. think you'd go point five. So nah. For the record, I give the first one an eight point five. So for me, this is a point down yeah. uh, for the plot and the, the pacing, uh, but the characters are still fantastic, and all that stuff was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it'll just suffer maybe a little bit on a rewatch when you were on ego and we're kind of waiting to get to the the main thing to happen. Yeah, but that, that's that's kind of how I feel. Uh, so no, uh, we know guns back for number three, uh, and it'll be what he's calling the end of the era and the transition into the, the next part of the the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're not calling it Phase 4. This is the end. Like, that movie's going to be the end of the phases, is, is what mm-hmm. they're saying. Uh, that's what uh, Feige said. So, what that means, we'll see. But uh, I'm curious uh, how that works out. But it means we're going to have a Guardians trilogy by one director, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, hopefully, they go all out for the third one. Uh, yeah. And I cannot wait for Rocket and the Avengers and seeing him interact with Stark and everyone else and yeah i can't um, wait to see him on earth yelling uh, at other raccoons to put clothes on because that's oh, one of my favorite way, things from the comics we never mentioned that uh the tape the, the the walkman got destroyed and he gets a zoom as a replacement and he's like oh that's yep. what everyone on earth is listening to these days he's got 300 songs on it's like 300 300 yeah <laughs> well i also love that's what quill tells his dad is he's you know it's not just the you shouldn't have killed my mom you shouldn't have crushed my walkman yeah yeah actually yeah. so this is what I want in Infinity War, right? I want a scene where Captain America has to tell Star-Lord, no, uh, no one's using a Zoom. Like, I, I want him because he was out of time and he didn't know what had yep. happened in the last, like, 20 years. Or, in yep. America's case, it was, it was 70. But yeah. I want him to be the one who fills in Star-Lord about everything that's been on. But now, yep. I cannot wait for uh, Rocket to interact with the other characters. I cannot wait for Drax to interact with Thor. I, like, there's, there's a lot of pairings in my head that I'm really looking forward to. Me uh, too. So that should be fun. So hopefully Infinity Wars are knocking it apart. So next up in the, the comic book movie world, we have Wonder Woman yeah. in about a month or so. So look forward to that. Uh, mm-hmm. As a part of that, me and Connor on Influx will be doing the 2009 animated Wonder Woman movie uh, a couple of weeks before. So you can look very, forward very to good. that. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Spider-Man in July. And before that, we're going to do the Rami trilogy. Uh, leading up to that on Influx so uh, lots of stuff happening and then for Thor November which is really far away but I'm just going to tell you but for Thor November we're going to do the two Thor movies and the Incredible Hulk leading up to yep. leading up and to the new Thor so. I will be there for those I will clear my schedule <laughs> November is Thor-vember um, so. nah, there's a Justice League movie out in November let's not forget there's a what? Justice League <laughs> I don't recognise your language Oh, oh that um, must have been the same place as uh, that Connor fellow you kept going on about this past week. You know, Connor, I know where Connor's at. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that joke didn't mean anything to anyone who doesn't listen no. to the comics podcast. Oh, yeah. and, and we're not talking about Ginger Connor. Because I know where he is him. too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, those are thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Let us know what you thought of it in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff helps us out a lot. Mm-hmm. We are on Patreon now. We launched a Patreon, in fact, today. Uh, and there is some 
bonus stuff you can get if you if you want to sign sign up there and uh, yep. you get influx episodes early for a dollar for five dollars you get bonus movie reviews from me on my own and those other bits and bobs you get to vote on what an influx movie is going to be once a month uh, obviously no pressure watching liking sharing all that stuff helps us out as well so but if you want some cool extras and you want to help support us you can go over and check that out uh, patreon.com slash TV. Uh, but no, uh, so yeah, like, subscribe, all that stuff helps us out. Get us on Twitter at Mailed underscore Fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters, I'm at Wibble89. Matt's at Matt of Steel 57 yep. Keep watching the movies, guys. We'll see you for more films soon. What's next? Alien Covenant's next. Uh, that's probably the next movie uh, on the on the docket. Yep. But uh, So we'll see you soon. Thanks for watching. Uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>